Um, I was not prepared for today. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I thought it was a C. McBee reads and is not. So I actually spent time looking for stuff to read and I don't have to do that. It was supposed to be a topic. I have some topics that I'm fleshing out. They're not finished yet. So I was like, okay, uh, let's look at some stuff that I've, I've saved from the internet, recent stories. Uh, it's again, your light commentary that you come here for, that you enjoy most of all. The China recent developments, the, the rules that they've been imposing, and it was the conspiracy theory that it led me to about Johnny's trying to make uh, Japanese men effeminate, trying to undermine the masculinity of an entire nation, if not, you would say, Asians in general, because at that time, Oh, Manly Men. So if you go to uh, Velocipodcast episode 266 called Manly Men, that is the topic. Uh, so you can get all the background you want there. So China's just said, we can't have effeminate men as media stars anymore. We Our boy bands got to look like boys. So China has mandated that the whole country no longer produces stuff with effeminate men. So there's no more boy bands. There's no more uh, heroes in movies that aren't manly men. Uh, and it, it was a pretty deep hole. It actually affects a lot of media. And I was very fascinated by it because in a country where you have a certain amount of freedom, you don't, this is not possible. Like people actually dictate what they want to watch and see. This is why like a thing like TikTok that everyone my age is like, I don't understand TikTok. I hate TikTok. But then it's like no one cares because youth drive this platform. They're going to watch what they like. Well, I don't like that. Well, no one cares what you like. China, the government's like, I don't like it. You don't like it. And that's just the way it is. So I'm finding that fascinating because this can't happen in most countries. China could happen. North Korea could happen. North Korea already has like other issues and problems going on. So they're, they're, they're probably got bigger things to deal with. One of the more recent stories that I saved. China demanding cartoon makers create healthy shows. And this is interesting because they've uh, said like kids can only play video games X amount of hours. They've said, they've, they've said like, you know, all the, all the images and stuff have to be pro-China and very positive and, and we're trying to raise healthy, a healthy society. And they want to really stop the influence of outside sources. So China's censorship crusade hasn't ended as now communist nation is demanding that cartoons be more healthy. And again, one of the more interesting things about all these mandates and whatnot that come from, that come from China is they don't come with any definitions. This is, this is the bit that I am usually talking about is what is healthy? So is healthy violent but the hero wins is healthy non-violent like the hero actually finds a non-violent solution is healthy that just people are chinese and they're happy and the outside world is evil so i would love a definition of what healthy means so in its crackdown on violence pornographic content and anything else it deems inappropriate such as yayoi yaoi content and effeminate males so the effeminate males i've talked about Velocity Podcast, episode 266, Manly Men. You can actually hear me talk about it, I think, for like 20 minutes straight. The If you're against effeminate males, 
you're going to be against sort of depictions of homosexuality. It is, again, I want to know what they consider pornographic. Because pornography or pornographic content is cultural. Now, I'm assuming in, in, in uh, China, it's incredibly conservative. When I was in Korea, they didn't have nudie magazines. You could get magazines with girls in bikinis. That was the closest thing you could get to pornography if you actually like bought it legitimately. And that was interesting because then I came to Japan and girls in bikinis were just like, that was standard. Anything else in a magazine, you were expecting more. A notice delivered by the National Radio and Television Administration expressed that children are the main demographic for cartoons and stressed that agencies must broadcast shows that uphold truth, goodness, and beauty. I like how this all sounds good. I like how China's presenting it in that we are worried about the kids. We're trying to uh, raise a population of good people by not exposing them to the negativity that comes with these things. And it's interesting. Like, again... Their values, how is this going to impact kids? Because there's been a lot of experiments in China that the Chinese government has done that have unintended consequences. Because the one-child policy actually meant at first, because of Chinese culture, everyone wanted a boy. So there was a lot of abortions if you were having a girl. Uh, there were a lot of little kids dumped so they could have the boy who would carry on the family name. But the percentage of boys, males, increased year over year and the number of females decreased. Then later on, having a daughter was more valuable for your family because there weren't enough women to marry the men. If you, let's say you have two men for every woman, that means the women can be extra picky and who you marry is going to be higher tier, higher status because otherwise you're just not getting married. So then suddenly females are more valuable in a way because they've set up this system and because of the culture, it was one of the unintended consequences of the one-child policy, which was very interesting to me. So here they are. They're going to have these kids who are insulated from violence and ugliness and non what they consider things that are not healthy. Are they going to understand things like that in the real world? Let, let's just say it's 100%. It's, it's actually successful. China actually takes this and they makes it a thing, and it's really successful what happens then to those kids? Those kids grow up completely insulated and not understanding ugly things or horrible things in the world. Does it have a negative impact on them in some way? Are they introduced to it suddenly and it's an incredible shock and they're not prepared for it? These are interesting questions. This is another part of the Chinese Communist Party's intent to purge the entertainment industry of anything deemed to go against the values of the government. And they have promised more harsh punishments for celebrities who engage in illegal or unethical behavior. It is said there are several Chinese pop stars and actors who follow the same polished, sleek look that is popular in Japan and South Korea. And this month, China banned fan accounts dedicated to K-pop group BTS. So because the men in BTS are effeminate looking, because like they wear makeup and they do their hair and stuff, exactly the opposite of me. I would do really well in China right now. Except I'm not Chinese, so I actually wouldn't. I would probably be one of the unhealthy influences on the, on the youth. But because BTS do these things that are popular amongst pop stars, they are now considered unhealthy, effeminate men. 20 other fan account, 21 other fan accounts, which dealt mostly with various South Korean K-pop bands and girl groups, were banned for 30 days according to a notice from Weibo. Weibo, I think is how it's said. 
with the reason being for publishing irrational star-chasing content. Such censorship in China will have some wondering if these demands will end up taking their way to the West in addition to the ones that are already in fact anyways. So those are the little, little uh, opinion at the end there. Uh, this is from Sankanku Complex, which is a very biased site. Like, I actually think he writes things in an incendiary way, but I do actually always get some very interesting news from them. So I want the core elements, not actually like the opinion part. It'll be interesting to see if China still takes in Western stuff because Tencent, a Chinese company, is really heavily influencing Hollywood right now. That Tencent money goes into a lot of movies. There's a lot of movies based in China or have a Chinese star in them because Tencent is actually paying the bill. And that is making those movies you know, possible to play in China, which is a massive market. And so that's what people want. Will this influence those movies? I think is what the guy wants to say, but he just said it in a very sort of roundabout way. It will be interesting to see. But again, what a healthy show is needs some definition. It's always the problem with these kind of things is definitively, I need to know what it is so that I can A, either do it or not do it. So I can break the rule properly or I cannot break the rule and follow the rules. This is something that I thought should have been just on every phone. I actually found a um, app that does this very thing. Now, I didn't use it very much because I'm gross enough, I guess. I don't take a lot of nudes. I don't put a lot of stuff out there like that. But uh, nude-friendly Google Photos folder coming to iOS next year. Uh, Google's introducing a photo folder. It's called the locked folder feature. Um, and the idea is that you can put photos in here and you would need to like a uh, biometric or something like that to open it. You would need to unlock it. it just, so if I, you go on my phone and I've taken like 80 million dick pics because I really want to get uh, my the full image for deep faking later on. There was a deep fake story last week about uh, a guy who was deep faking porn in Japan using penises instead of faces so he could get past the Japanese censorship. But I really want a big part of that. So I've now taken like a million photos of my own penis. I, If I want my family or my wife or other people to not see them, I can put them in this folder that's going to be on Android phones. Uh, and you would need to either use a password or biometrics like your fingerprint to unlock it to be able to see the contents therein. Now, we all know what this is really for. The way Google's going to sell it is not going to be uh, we're selling this as nude your nude storage folder, when I think we all know that's exactly what it is. Google Photos locked folder feature, which currently lets pixel owners, so pixel exclusively, hide sensitive photos and videos in a passcode or biometric protective folder. is coming to iOS early next year. The feature launched for the Pixel 3 and later in June, and in late September, Google said it would be releasing it for all Android phones soon. Now we have a time frame for when Google Photos users on iOS will be able to protect sensitive images like nudes. I like that they keep dropping nudes in because that makes the title, Nude Friendly, is going to get people. It got me to read it and it works. I was actually, there's a different article I read and it was about how uh, spam uh, like titles, clickbait titles 
are crazy effective. And I actually ran my own experiment with this. One of the podcasts, I talked about clickbait and I talked about how if I named this uh, episode Nude Schoolgirl something, it would get way more views. And on the YouTube page, I think it got three or four times more views than the other titles I use, which are usually a joke based on something I said in the podcast, but not, you know, clickbait. So I've realized like every title of every podcast should just have nude or schoolgirl or something like that in it. But I think really the question is what other kind of photos are you trying to protect? And that's really why everyone's dropping back to nude, 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 because there are so many nudes now being passed around the internet. The Pixel Security Hub is also planned for more Android devices. Google One's VPN service is expanding to 10 countries this week. Australia, Belgium, Denmark, so basically uh, European countries. The service already included no extra cost with the 2 tetrabyte and Google One cloud storage plans. So basically if you have Google One, which I don't have, it should have this folder in it that you can put special photos in it and uh, need a passcode to be able to access those photos of your personal time a Malaysian gynecologist creates world first unisex condom now this is not uh, much of a story yeah they've just like made the condom a little weirder than it already is innovation has apparently been made in the world of contraception as a Malaysian gynecologist has developed what some are calling the world's first unisex condom allowing the user to prevent unwanted pregnancy regardless of sex or sexual orientation. That's all good stuff, uh, as baffling as part of that statement sounds. Now, I think basically they're saying, like, we know what a condom is, we know what it's for, we know how it's used. How does that become unisex? Uh, the unisex condom can be worn by either males or females. Now, that is where the big question mark comes in. How does something designed for a male also work on the female genitalia? It's made of medical-grade material, which I would hope so. I hope you're not making it out of cardboard. Uh, it's often utilized to wrap around wounds, certain to also take the, uh, make the device helpful amongst the transgender community. I didn't see the relationship. Medical grade material that is often utilized to wrap around wounds is not a sentence I would have then immediately connected to a device helpful amongst the transgender community. I think that actually might be sort of miswritten. Uh, when you talk about the material, that material doesn't make it specific to that group. That was very weird to me. According to the gynecologist, medical supplies from Twin Catalyst, the Wondaleaf unisex condom, so that's the bit you want to know about, Wondaleaf unisex condom, is merely a normal condom with an adhesive covering that can affix itself to the penis or vagina. So, uh, additionally blocking adjacent area for extra protection. So I believe this is a condom that if I put it on would then secure itself to my pubis. Now I only have one issue with this right now. It is a fix itself with an adhesive on the area that has, for me personally, a certain amount of hair, which makes it sound like this would be great to put on is going to be awful to put off, take off. And I assume women might have a similar issue. And then, of course, I immediately think like, well, okay, so I understand how it works for the man, condom-wise. You put it on, it sticks to you. 
do you just stick it to the woman and there's this like floppy condom bit in between that looks like a fake penis between her legs like I contraception is inhibits sexuality at times so you're you're doing your stuff you're enjoying your time and then you have to stop and put on a condom I'm not saying you should not do that I actually think it's very important and do it and do it right uh but let's just say that the process is not always smooth and that can inhibit moments of pleasure. This, uh, there's sort of like a, a weird flopping sound or like one of those wind socks at a airport that also could inhibit some moments. Although if you're with someone you truly love, you would find that funny and it would actually be better. There's a much more positive way of thinking about it. Since the adhesive is only present on one side, the condom is reversible and usable by either males or females. That's actually quite nice. And it's made of polyurethane, which is used for dressing injuries. They really, really are focusing on the fact that this material is used for wounds. I guess that means it's uh, strong. Anyways, uh, the contraception is subsequently thin, flexible, strong, and waterproof, as it should be. Again, if it's going to be an effective contraceptive. Other things said by Tang... Once you put it on, you often don't realize it's there. Which weirdly, when I read that the first time, I thought, are you supposed to put it on and then keep it on? So like I'm walking around during the day and it's just there, which I know is not the case. But weirdly, that's how it sounds. Like if you don't realize it's there. I I think that they mean like pleasure wise. Uh, You don't realize it's there. Based on the number of clinical trials we have conducted, I am quite optimistic that given time, it will be a meaningful addition to the many contraceptive methods used in prevention of unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases. I'm, again, this is good stuff. It's just, again, this is not how you introduce something. It's introducing something that's supposed to be part of sexy time in one of the least sexy ways. And again, this image up on the screen right now of doctors playing with water. Mm. The one to leaf unisex condom has been put through rigorous rounds of research and testing. It will be purchasable by way of the firm's website and so last week, uh, Squid Game Cryptocurrency. Now, I have had many stories over the last few years about cryptocurrency. I got into it. I got scammed. I can't remember the exact episode that that happened in, but I got scammed. It was a, it was a terrible, terrible experience. Getting ripped off never feels good. Um, I lost some money. Again, didn't break the bank or anything, but that's because I wasn't putting that much in in the first place, but it, it hurts. Uh, and then this stuff kind of happens, and this is one of the things you got to be careful with, new technologies. I was very uh, suspicious of NFTs when they came out. So, have you heard about the new Squid Game cryptocurrency? It's up over 2,000% in the past two days, prompting news outlets like BBC and Business Insider to write about the token, but unfortunately, it's a total scam. And that's actually one of the problems that people like at the BBC and Business Insider actually probably don't know how to recognize a cryptocurrency scam. It's extremely common for cryptocurrency scam artists to use brands from TV and movies like the crypto scam Mando, so like the Mandalorian. Uh, so it makes sense the scammers would use the name without permission. How do we know Squid Game Coin is a scam? You can put real money into the cryptocurrency, but there's no evidence you can ever take it out, which is simply known as theft. And that's true. There's been lots of coins. And one of the first things is you need an exchange. So you need to be able to buy and sell it. And it should have some sort of purpose. So like Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin. The intent is that is just supposed to replace currency. 
but you have like Ethereum and they often have what they call smart contracts. Those contracts are part of it. So basically I would put the money into escrow, make a contract with you. So I'd buy some Ethereum connected to this contract. When you complete the contract, the money is then released to you. And it's actually supposed to be like a security measure between two parties. So that's the purpose of the smart contracts in Ethereum, which is really cool. This, if you connect it to a name of a popular TV show, does not actually mean it has a purpose. The website for the new Squid Game Crypto looks comprehensive enough with sections about official sounding things like white paper and the audit, but anyone who's seen cryptocurrency rug pulls before like MandoCoin will recognize the style of the website available at the domain squidgame.cash was registered less than a month ago on October 12th. The white paper, which the BBC and Business Insider reference uncritically, and that's actually important again, since they're not being critical of the white paper, they're not actually saying whether it's good or bad or real, is filled with poor grammar, spelling errors, and claims that are impossible to verify. Uh, I actually read a thing that scammers put in spelling mistakes to keep away smart people. So like uh, a less intelligent person will see spelling mistakes and just not think about it, which means they are more open to being scammed, whereas a smart person would see the spelling mistakes and be more suspicious and then they wouldn't jump in. But it means that causes them less problems because they know the person they're dealing with isn't that smart. So I don't know if that's true or on purpose or these guys just were like messy and did everything quickly. But it is an interesting thing I learned about scamming that spelling mistakes. So when you get like uh, Prince of Nigeria emails, there's often like weird grammar, you know, mistakes or spelling mistakes. Those are on purpose to filter out people who might be able to realize it's a scam. So they're more likely to get money from people who respond who ignored those like red flags. The Squid Game Project is a crypto play to earn platform inspired by the Korean hit series. Again, how that series, I actually just finished watching it last week, how that connects to crypto doesn't make any sense. About a deadly tournament of children's games, there is no longer dystopian world where the mysterious organization gathers people who are in large amounts of debt and living on the edge. Again, that doesn't actually translate into why you have a crypto. Other red flags include the fact that the Telegram channel set up by whoever's behind this scam isn't open to comments from outsiders. The Twitter account makes it impossible for regular people to reply. The giveaway known as the airdrop on YouTube in a video published October 20th. The email address listed in the Squid Game website does not respond to requests for comments. Uh, The single largest red flag is the fact that people can put money in but can't take money out. You can't buy Squid Game on mainstream crypto platforms like Coinbase or Binance. Uh, instead, you need to buy the crypto through a service called Pancake Swap. Already, I am a little cautious about. The internet has done a weird thing to naming protocols because stuff made on the internet has weird names. So we're going to, from now into the future, find more weird names more acceptable to the point where it might actually flip. Where if you have a traditionally serious name, it is now less respectable than a weird name because you're internet savvy. Uh, coin market cap has issued a warning that people who have purchased this coin, also known as squid, are unable to cash out. So it's up 2,000%, but it's up 2,000%, but you can't get your 2,000% profit out, your capital gains. So you're actually just not getting anything. It has a fake endorsement from billionaire Elon Musk, which is not hard to do. Uh, who's endorsed the token. 
The website claims there's a Squid Game game, which is coming soon. So again, it would probably be like you put your tokens in a betting thing and you play on games. Actually, a Squid Game token to bet online would actually be a really good idea. But sure. All cryptocurrencies are risky the, and arguably a scam in the broadest sense. But some people are making real money by trading crypto as highly speculative assets. This is how I've made a little money from it because I only put a little money in. But I do enjoy the concept of Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash specifically. Uh, the schedule for the crypto's rollout is also filled with red flags, including a claim that there will be hiring for Asia and Europe market. And what does that mean? Uh, especially considering this is an internet thing, so you don't actually need to be you know, specific markets. I guess if you would have translations and things like that. The creators of this coin are advertising the inability to sell as part of the Squid Game game. And that's absolutely correct. So the idea is you put your money in and then only one person wins. It's the person who made the coin. That's actually a pretty good scam because it's actually right there in front of you. Ironically, the only thing that appears to be real about this new Squid Game cryptocurrency is the existence of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are little more than links to a receipt for something online. And whoever's behind the coin has set up an account on OpenSea, which allows people to sell NFTs. But obviously, selling NFTs of JPEGs is inherently a scam, no matter what its promoters tell you. The price of a squid is currently at $4.46. According to CoinMarketCap, higher than other meme coins like Dogecoin, which is trading at $0.29. Cents. And that doesn't mean... Dogecoin's been around for a long time. Uh, so it's, it simply means that a lot of people are about to lose a lot of money. So that was the thing. When did they publish that? Uh, three days ago. And then today's story, this is why I wanted to bring it up. Squid Game cryptocurrency scammers make off with $2.1 million. Uh, and so that was published one hour ago via io9. Uh, remember that thing Gizmondo told you was a scam? Well, they pulled all the money out and they're gone. The squid cryptocurrency peaked at a price of 2861 So the article we just read three days ago was saying $4. It went up to $2,861 before plummeting to zero around 540 According to the website, this kind of theft, commonly known as rug pull by crypto investors, happens when the creators of the cryptocurrency uh, quickly cash out their coins for real money, draining the liquidity pool of the exchange. It was launched just last week and included plenty of red flags, as we have just talked. Uh, one of the biggest red flags was that no one who purchased the coin was able to sell. That didn't stop mainstream news outlets like BBC, Yahoo News, Business Insider, Fortune, and CNBC. So over the last couple of days, everyone's picked it up because BBC did it from running headlines about how the new Squid Game cryptocurrency has soared by 3,000%, which is, a sort, of course, building up the hype. And that's going to get more people to buy. So these guys actually benefited from the negative press of all these people saying, oh, was, I guess they were doing positive press and then you got like IO9 and Gizmodo doing negative press. Uh, it seems unlikely that people, this is going to keep happening. So be very, very careful about crypto. You should get a, if you're going to do anything like that, find out what the point of the cryptocurrency is supposed to be and then decide if that's actually something you want to support. The Ethereum contracts I really like. I don't do anything with contracts online right now, but I used to do a lot of writing online. That actually was really appealing to me. Does this mean you can, can't make money off trading crypto? 
There are a lot of people making real dollars in the crypto space selling mainstream coins like Bitcoin or even smaller coins like Shiba Inu. I actually haven't looked at that one, which has skyrocketed in price recently. But just because people are making money at it today doesn't mean they'll be around forever. God, that was like four days, basically one week. They set up a website. I got to make a chunk coin. The C McB coin needs to come. It needs to happen. It needs to be a real thing. So here's the last paragraph where they give you the warning. If you're going to buy a cryptocurrency, the most important thing to look out for isn't necessarily the price. First, figure out whether you can sell the coin after you bought it. If you can't sell, like the people who invested in Squid, it doesn't matter how high the price goes, just as it doesn't matter how large a number of someone writes on a monopoly bill is. Cryptocurrency is only worth what someone else is willing to pay for it. If the rules say you can't sell, you've just been scammed.